0: Welcome to your most visionary life. On this weekly podcast, I sit down with visionary humans and ask them the one question that you probably want to know the answer to. How did they create, launch, and scale up the business of their dreams? My name is Kelsey Rydell, and I am the founder of Visionary Life and The Visionary Method. The intention behind all of our content is simple and that is to plug you into the people, inspiration, and information that will help you create your own most visionary life. As you begin to listen to the episodes, you'll discover one obvious and common thread, and that's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. This show is going to help you consciously create a life you love on your own terms. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, welcome back, and happy Sunday, or whatever night you are listening to this. I tried to persuade my husband Dave all weekend to record this intro with me, but we got busy, and now he's off to watch the Toronto Raptors who are finally doing incredible this season. If you're a basketball fan, I'm sure you are right in there with the hype, but he's headed downtown to watch the celebration. So here I am Sunday evening around 7.30, just got home from a nice dinner out, and I'm going to sit here, record this intro, and I'm really excited because, as per usual, we have an incredible episode. And so today on the show, I'm very excited to announce that I am interviewing the beautiful, incredible team behind One Look Productions. And so Ryan and Daryl are the guests of the show today. And One Look is a Prince Edward County-based production company that provides full-service real estate marketing to the Bay of Quinty, Kingston, Peterborough, Durham, and Kawartha Lakes regions. And if you're not from Ontario and you're like, Kelsey, what is that? They provide uh, full-service real estate marketing to a lot of incredible tech- towns and cities that are more so in what I would call cottage country uh, or just a little bit different than where I live here in Toronto. So I love this episode. Daryl and Ryan were so much fun to record with. We did change locations about 15 minutes into this episode, so you might hear a little bit of difference in sound, but I think we did a pretty good job with the editing, so maybe you won't even know. But on the show today, we chat about how they decided to launch this business as a partnership. It's actually kind of funny because they've been friends for over 10 years, and they unknowingly both wrote business plans for launching a real estate video marketing business, so it was kind of meant to be. Uh, We talk about how they came up with the correct pricing for their offer because it's a service-based business, knowing their worth, how to network and grow a community. We talked about a few of the stories of how bombing some of their very first marketing pitches and sales pitches Those were actually some of the biggest learning moments that they had. We talk about in what ways their business partnership is a lot like a marriage and vice versa. Uh, We are getting into the systems they've adopted to scale up their success and what it's like running a business in Prince Edward County. So this is actually the final part of my series with Prince Edward County, and you know I have a total soft spot in my heart for the county. And I've recorded over 12 episodes with business owners. And if you're not familiar with the county, it is this gorgeous region here in Ontario that is home to some of the most visionary business owners and humans that I've ever met. And so I want to give a massive shout out to the county for continuing to support this work that I do. And I love the fact that I am able to be curious and to sit down with some of the most incredible people who have a strong vision on their heart and who are situated in an area here in Ontario where I live that Previously, may have been difficult to run a thriving business, and now it is possible. So if that's for you, I want you to go check out buildanewlife.ca. You can check out their recent stories tab, and you'll see a story with Ryan and Daryl as well. Before we move on and before I share a little bit more about my episode with One Look Productions, I just want to give a big, big shout out to Healthy Planet. Healthy Planet Canada is one of my very favorite stores to shop at. I get all of my health food staples there. And today was about 30 degrees here in Toronto. It was a gorgeous day. And yes, it's nice to have a beer on a patio, but I also need to drink non-alcoholic beverages. And one of my favorite is to sip on kombucha. If you know me, you know I absolutely adore kombucha. And yes, I brew it myself here in my home, but I can never make it taste as good as I can get in the stores. And so, I love heading to Healthy Planet on a hot day to pick up some of my favorite kombucha brands. Hands down, they have the best prices. They have incredible service and staff. A lot of their staff are actually holistic nutritionists and wellness professionals. And the best thing is they have stores all across the province, okay? So they probably have a store in your town or coming soon. They're expanding so rapidly, and they're actually big supporters of the Toronto Raptors basketball team as well. So love that in this time of excitement, we're able to kind of converge our love for the Raptors and our love for health food. So visit healthyplanetcanada.com and you can get, the best prices on all your natural health staples. You can do online ordering, you can head to a store. And I just love these guys and I want to say thanks for supporting the show. So One Look was founded in early 2018 by Ryan Snyder and Daryl Griffin with the goal of modernizing how real estate is marketed in more rural areas. They partner with agents to provide these marketing tools such as video, video, photography, and 3D tours at an affordable price so agents can make their listings stand out. One Look also provides corporate production and marketing services. The idea for the business came over 10 years ago when Daryl wrote a business plan for a similar company in college. Unknowingly, Ryan had also wrote a similar business plan for his program, and it had come up in conversation one day. They decided that maybe someday they should follow through with that idea. Fast forward to 2018, Daryl had just moved to Prince Edward County after living out west for the last five years, and Ryan had been in the county for the last seven years. After having both gone through some tragedies over the last couple of years, they decided it was time to take control of their lives and stop working for other people. It was time to take the dive into entrepreneurship, and so One Look Productions was born. And very exciting news, OneLuck actually just opened their satellite office with another full-time employee, so they are growing, and I am so excited to follow the trajectory and how much they're able to expand because I know that their services are in such high demand right now. And if you head over to our show notes, I'll link a couple of the videos that they have created and you can see their work in action. All right, that's it for now. Don't forget, if you want to learn more about the Visionary Method, which is my 90-day business coaching program, we are launching Summer School. Okay, this is going to be so good. And I know I talk about the Visionary Method all the time, but it's because I truly believe that if you are someone who wants to create, launch, or scale up a business, whether you're a holistic wellness professional, you're a nutritionist, you have a service-based business, I want you to tap into this idea of yours and understand how you can drive income from it. So the Visionary Method Summer School starts on June 17th. If you are interested, go drop your name over at KelseyRiedel.com slash waitlist. There are going to be some insane bonuses coming your way very, very soon. And I know you are going to find the most value in this program. I'm there with you every step of the way, and I want to see you succeed and be set up for success in September when everybody else is just coming back from vacation you are focused in on monetizing your services. So let's do it together. If you need the accountability, I am going to be your coach and I cannot wait. So head to kelseyridlecom waitlist. You have nothing to lose. You'll be the first to hear about it and definitely sign up before the bell rings. All right, let's get into today's episode, enjoy. <laughs> So, Daryl and Ryan, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. Super excited to be in your brand new space. How long have you guys been here?
1: Thanks. Yeah, we've been in this space for maybe two weeks now.
0: Okay, so it's pretty fresh. I love it. Well, it's incredible. You've got these big, beautiful windows, and we are in the Armory Building, where um, some of the other Visionary Life interviews are uh, in this Prince Edward County series. So, very cool to be back, and uh, we're going to open it up with some rapid fire, so Daryl, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to ask you a few questions. You can just say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Uh, so number one, what is one thing you do every single day that's non-negotiable? A shower. Shower. Okay. <laughs> Very practical. Yes, and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to work in pretty close proximity, so that's probably nice. Um, what is the hour of the day that you feel like you're most productive?
1: Probably around uh,
0: nine or 10 a.m. Hmm. Yeah. Those are your magic hours. Yeah. And what do you love to cook at home or eat out on a busy weeknight? Oh,
2: so many
1: options. Yeah. There's, <laughs> I know. I'm a foodie, so, much so, so food I always here have now. To know yeah, yeah, people's you know, food routine. I was, are. I was talking to someone last night and I said, I don't remember the last time I even cooked at home <laughs> in the last couple of weeks, to be honest, we've been so busy. Um, but I, I don't even know how to answer that. Um, I love pastas. Mm -hmm. So I've, I actually worked at a restaurant for about six years in high school and through university. So um, I really love the pastas we made there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I like that or, you know, anything with
0: chicken. What kind of restaurant did you work at? It was a Greek restaurant. Awesome. I always love my time working in the restaurant industry. I feel like I learned so much just behind the scenes of what goes on. I learned customer service from being a server. You can learn
1: a lot. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. All right, Ryan, we're going to come over to you. So number one, what's one thing you do every single day that's non-negotiable?
1: Oh,
2: I don't, I don't know. I just kind of go with the flow. Um,
0: <laughs> not to, not any habit that you're like, I have to do this to feel good or. Um...
2: Like kiss your baby maybe? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, non-negotiable. I need, no. I need to, see, I need to, I need to hold my daughter oh. um, when we're working on like 12 hour days, she's asleep Mm -hmm. leave asleep when I get home but I need I need just to at least sneak in get a little snuggle in how old is she uh, she's eight months now
0: oh my gosh congratulations
2: she's thank you yeah she's so wonderful she she adds a lot of motivation to get going in the day no kidding
0: yeah um, what is one time-wasting habit that you're trying to do less of? <laughs> <laughs> there,
2: there, that's been a constant journey, but I think uh, definitely uh, Netflix is uh, mm-hmm. just always there, and uh, I think I could use my time a little more productively, but...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's always sucking you in, right? You turn it on and there's like, hey, you just launched yeah, on Netflix. They like,
2: send you emails and notifications. Look at all the great new content. <laughs> I want to watch them. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Having a business and having Netflix is probably like the demise of a lot of businesses. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and what is your favorite thing to eat around here in Picton? Ooh.
2: We, well, in Picton, we, we've had so many new restaurants come in. It's really hard to pick. But yeah. I think my favorite, I'm just going to stay in the armory here, is the Crepe Escape. You yes. can get sweet and savory for a good price. Oh, they're so Shout good. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> totally. they're, they're good friends of ours as
1: well, but we, we love going there. Awesome. It's just
2: great for... If uh, for breakfast, for dinner, if we if we can't get, make our own stuff, it, it so is cool.
1: hard to name, and I mean that's part of the reason why I haven't eaten at home in so long. Because <laughs> yes. just the, a lot of the ones that were closed over the winter started to open again, mm, and it's like options. well we have to go here, we have to go there, here and there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, shout out to Crepe Escape, and if you're listening, they said they were too shy to be on a podcast. Uh, so I said, okay, well maybe if you ever change your mind, I'll come <laughs> back and get an interview. So. <laughs> All right. So now I want to zoom the lens back for the listeners. So first of all, maybe one of you can share the story of how did you two meet originally? Have you <laughs> known each other yeah. forever? Were you like born into family friends yeah. or maybe walk us through that journey first?
2: So that's a great story. Great story. Okay. <laughs> so Daryl and I, we both met on a double date at the Bowmanville Zoo. Okay. And, uh, we walked out of that date with a relationship, just not with the girls, with each other. Uh, <laughs> with a friendship. Yeah. Friendship, yeah. So we, we, that was about 10 years ago. I think it was just after high school. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of kept in touch over the years. We both lived across the country from one another over those years and only recently lived in the same area again. So
0: Okay, yeah. so maybe then let's walk through the journey of... Where did you each go to school and what did you study? So, okay. Daryl, let's start with you. Okay. Yeah. So,
1: right out of high school, I went to Panshaw College. And I did uh, two years there for a just a general business uh, diploma. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that year, though, I did go uh, overseas. So, I, was, I did a five-month program in, in Holland, mm-hmm. which was just awesome. And it was like an international business uh, degree program there. Uh, I took a year off and kind of just worked and then after that, I went to Royal Roads University in Victoria, and I got my Bachelor of Commerce with a major in Entrepreneurial Management. Mm-hmm. And so I was there for 12 months.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And Ryan, how about yourself? Where did you go to school? What did you study?
2: Yeah, so I, uh, I went to Confederation College in Thunder Bay for broadcast television. Uh, it's a two-year uh, diploma program there. Uh, after that, I interned uh, at a television station in Burlington. Kind of hopped around doing a few different things, editing jobs, uh, camera operating jobs. And then I eventually landed here on the county.
0: Mm-hmm. So for yourself, right, Like, did you always know you wanted to start a business or when did that first land in your mind and on your heart?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think I ever knew what I wanted to do with my life ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Whoever uh, does, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's always changing. But uh, my, my father um, is a business owner. Um, Daryl's father is a business owner as well. So that's been kind of in our DNA from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, my my grandparents immigrated here from Holland. And that's kind of been a part of the, um, I guess, the immigrant spirit kind of mm-hmm. thing is to start your own business, work hard and, and that kind of thing. So it's kind of been in me and I, it's been more of a, Ine- an inevitability instead mm-hmm. of uh, a passion at first, but it's definitely turned um, into a passion. I love what we're doing and there's not a day uh, I want to work
1: for
0: somebody else. So. Mm-hmm. And Daryl, for yourself, did you ever imagine yourself being a business owner? Yeah. Uh, did you like working for other people? No. Did you always <laughs> kind of feel like you needed to run the ship or what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, so I've I've always mm-hmm. wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always say that I wanted to do it before I could spell the word. It's very complicated sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is. I spell it wrong every time. Exactly. I always need to quick spell check it. <laughs> so
1: it, it, That kind of dates it back to, which, you know, I was definitely probably in high school when I, or even earlier when I did want to start one. Uh, like Ryan said, my dad owned a business up until um, I was 13. It was a bakery, and restaurant in Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And then my mom's operated a business. Um, she still is. Uh, backyard swimming lessons mm-hmm. and such. So it's just always been there. Uh, my grandparents also immigrated from Holland, started a business. Um, it recently just uh, closed up in, in Guelph. Um, so it's just, it's been in my, my life. My other uncle owns a business. It's just, mm-hmm. you, you see the the challenges that they have, but you also see that uh, bit of freedom that exists, even though mm-hmm. you're still, you know, always working, but there is a bit of freedom there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always just wanted that.
0: Yeah. It's funny. I always am reflecting on the word freedom because Mm -hmm. I do now that I've run my own business for a few years, I do feel more free than ever, but then there's this other part of me that's like, I don't want people to get the wrong impression because I'm working 14 hour days. So is that freedom? But yet in my heart, I know I feel free. So it's like this weird, uh, this word that I just can't explain. You can control your
1: schedule still. So even though your schedule is full, it's in your control. And I think that's part of the freedom. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we can say if we know a date down the road we can say, well, we're just going to make sure this is booked off and we're not going to do anything. So we kind of have that freedom to control our schedule. Mm -hmm. I think that that makes the difference for sure.
0: Absolutely. So let's bring it forward a little bit. So when did the conversations about launching (laughs) one look begin? Like, did you guys grab a coffee one day or a beer and just start thinking, Hey, wouldn't it be cool? I did read somewhere on your website that it said both of you had written business plans in high school that kind of had this similar vision. So when did the conversation start um, evolving around launching a business together?
2: Right. So um, actually back in college, both of us did have to write a business plan. Daryl, obviously, um, in the business vein, that was kind of his thing. But in broadcast television, they they encourage you to also uh, look into business and how we can implement our skills there. Uh, so I ended up writing a business, um, on real estate marketing, doing real estate video. Um, and then, um, I, I didn't do that well on the project actually. And, uh, and then I afterwards, uh, Daryl and I were chatting and, and I found out he did done where he had
1: done the almost the exact same business plan, almost verbatim. Yeah. So in my program, uh, in our first year, uh, general business class, we had to write a business plan and I'd always been passionate about real estate uh, flipping through the like, non-existent now I guess but the newspaper style one with the listings in and I'd, I'd look at it and then I'd try to find it online and all that stuff so I wrote one in, in college for real estate marketing uh, photography and video um, and then yeah I think I was just at his house and we were hanging out talking about business probably I guess <laughs> and then it just came up so we're like what that's Random, but cool. Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> the problem was, though. Then right after that, we moved opposite ends of the country. Yeah. <laughs> and then fast track. Um, well, how many years later now?
0: So almost, when did this first conversation start? Is this well, probably years ago. At least eight, oh, eight, eight, eight years, years ago. At least eight years ago. Oh wow. Yeah, it's okay. been a,
1: a while in the making. And it's similar to Ryan's project, I actually. Um. Oh, sorry. No. Opposite to Ryan's project, I did really well. I got you know a, a really high grade. <laughs> But my professor said it was a horrible idea. <laughs> so I always like to look back and be like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if he had encouraged me a bit more, whether I would have done something with it instead of pursuing um, further education. So it's, a, it's kind of those, one of those hindsight things like, oh, I, what, like what if, because there's a lot of um, bigger companies in, in the city now who are doing it, who have done it for about eight or nine years or longer. And they're doing really well. So it's, it's interesting.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes there can be that intimidation factor of like, well, why bother entering now? Like maybe yeah, it's yeah. already a saturated market. Right. So-and-so has been doing it so much longer. Mm-hmm. So over the course of then the years leading up to launching the business, were you still in touch? Were you talking frequently to kind of brainstorm around what this business could be? Or did the idea go dormant for a while? And then when did you rekindle it?
1: I I think the idea has always been there, Um, but it definitely throughout the years we probably talked about it, but not much in depth, Uh, just Mm -hmm. kind of that it would, hey that would be nice but Mm -hmm. I live out here and you live out there. It wasn't until Daryl actually moved to Prince Edward County, he he found a
2: job here in Bloomfield um, that we really started kind of grinding the gears together again.
1: yeah, Really coming up with some tangible plans. Mm-hmm. When I when I decided to move back to Ontario, I think that's when I first placed the bug back in our ears and said, "Okay, I'm going to move back. So maybe we can make this work." Mm-hmm. And then when I ended up getting a job in this, in Prince Edward County, uh, it was kind of like, "Well, we're going to do it now." <laughs>
0: awesome. Okay, so we've alluded to what you've created today, and you've mentioned the name One Look. So maybe could one of you describe what is One Look Productions?
1: Yeah, so we are a production company, um, started with the goal of modernizing how real estate is marketed. So again, back to my story about looking through the paper and such, I was always frustrated with the lack of information I could find. Um, The pictures were so dark and kind of like didn't make me want to go see it again or in person, even if it was like I couldn't buy at that age. (laughs) Um, so it has always just been an underlying frustration. Basically, so we, we do the photography, video, and 3D tours for real estate to just kind of um, help realtors and, and agents um, market their homes in the best light possible.
0: Mm,
1: okay. Ultimately, what we're doing is telling stories.
2: Um, we're telling the story of, of houses. We're telling stories of realtors. And, and when we can tell a story, we're establishing trust between um, not just us and our clients, but our clients and their clients. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what the goal
0: is. Awesome. So you work with various clients to produce video content for them. Yes. Is that kind of a- Multimedia good... content. Multimedia yeah. yeah. content. Okay, <laughs> awesome. When you were first bringing One Look to life, what were some of the very first, even the most minute things that you did to start bringing this from idea in your head okay we're actually doing something and taking action on this
1: yeah for for me it was probably the name and the logo I kind of like in a visual type of way I needed to have that kind of locked down um, before I could move my brain on to the next part of like the operations side of it so that's that's probably one of the tangible steps that I took first I think well I think for me it was
2: when we purchased equipment, so, for, yeah. so we could actually start creating content.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I actually think both of those are really um, great things for people to hear because so many of the listeners I know because they reach out and they share their journeys, they just feel paralyzed mm-hmm. with an idea in their head. And I'm always thinking, like, what is the most, the smallest viable thing you can do right now? And sometimes just starting to create that logo is gonna start bringing it to life or going out and investing in a small piece of equipment that means, hey, maybe I can actually start creating something with this piece of equipment. Yeah. Maybe looking at it every day will inspire me to do something, so I think it's great to hear that. Um, so for someone who has no idea how video production and media production could help them promote their business, what would you say?
2: Oh, you're not to me. It oh, I get, the, I get the hard one. You get the hard question. <laughs> um, <sighs> So how, how can uh, media basically um, help them along? So Absolutely, we, so, yeah. So there's, uh, what we're finding is in, in our generation is nobody wants to read. No, not, no, not just that nobody wants to read, nobody does read. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying people don't read novels and magazines. They do that. But they don't actually read your website looking for information. So that's kind of the weird reality we're living in. Um, and there's an old saying, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. That's as true today as it was then. Um, and that's ultimately what, what we're doing is we want to, like I was saying before, we want to tell people's story, whether it's through photography, video, uh, sit down interview or just even visuals. Um, we want to tell people's story because ultimately that establishes trust in their business because people don't want to do business with people they don't know. Mm-hmm. And it, the hardest thing for anybody to do is actually do that cold call when you start calling up client, prospective clients. But they don't know who you are, there's there's no trust, right? So. Ultimately, we want to help you build that trust so you can um, uh, h- one help market yourself, but also gain more clients.
1: Mm, Just a that. way of building a connection with your with your, audi- your, your audience, your prospective audience, your existing audience, mm-hmm. um, and who like who your clients are. Um, I think if you can build that connection, there's a lot. It's a lot easier to sell them on the value of your services.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've even noticed that too. With in marketing my own business, uh, things like Instagram stories and mm-hmm. having YouTube mm-hmm. presence and doing Facebook live videos—that is predominantly how I've been gaining clients. And mm-hmm. I really do think it—it it comes back to that no like and trust factor. And I think video is really a way to speed that up and accelerate that journey. Yep. Whereas uh, maybe for people who are blogging or doing more written content, it can take longer for someone to get to know you Mm -hmm, because they don't get to experience you um, in that live kind of perspective. So really interesting. So where did the name One Look come from? Is there a story behind that? Did it just kind of drop into your head one day?
2: I'm gonna give all the credit to this one to Daryl.
0: Okay. (laughs) The logo,
2: our name, our business cards, um, he has done such a great job, but I'll let him tell the story. How okay. You go for yeah. There's it.
1: not, there's not much of an interesting story behind it, but we did come up with a couple of the names that we tried out. We tried logos for, it just wasn't, it just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of that in starting a business is, is gut feeling like there's no, you don't have to like do all the research to make sure that, you know, your name fits well. Like sometimes it just, does it feel right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of a good thing maybe for someone looking to start their own business is um, just see if it feels right, um, Mm -hmm. the name or your your brand. Um, So then One Look, yeah, it kind of just came to me. We're trying to do something that's not overdone or too obviously cheesy. Um, So I just came up with it one day and started playing around with the look of it because that has a big thing for me is like the name is something for sure, but how can that name be... Branded um, and how can you make it look uh, for your business? So I just started playing around in, in Adobe, creating different logos and, and such, and it just fit. It it felt right. So then I kind of just had to convince him on it a little bit. Uh, there was a little.
0: You hesitation. mean you weren't convinced right away, right? <laughs>
1: no, I, I'm never convinced easily.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of
1: just kept okay, just sit with it for a little while and then eventually I'm like, well this is our name now. So
0: mm-hmm. You're like I already bought the domain. Yeah, I bought we the have domain, to go that's right. It. No, well yeah. I,
1: I came around and, and I'm I'm like I said I
2: give Daryl all the credit. I'm really happy with it. And yeah, we um, are even the response we're getting from just the brand recognition is really good. Yeah. It's it flows off the tongue, it's easy, our, our colors are actually orange, so there's not too many things out there that are orange right now. There are some, but it's it's still mm-hmm. memorable. So
1: it's non traditional, but it's kind of a is the word is the word homage? Homage. Homage. <laughs> yeah. homage it's kind of a, a homage or, or whatever to our cult or our background being dutch um, yeah. one of their main colors is, is orange
0: i love that yeah so there's a little story behind yeah, it. yeah it ties
1: in that color ties into it i also felt like i wanted to have a brand that wasn't like oh like local you know um like prince edward county photography or, or just something that is more that, global? Yeah, it we more global. We have the options to go to different markets. And we have the options to um, you know, potentially franchise the model that we end up creating if that's where, where we go. So I just wanted it to have options and, mm-hmm. and to be able to be recognizable um, outside of location parameters. Well,
0: I think that's actually a really interesting point because when a lot of people are starting their business, they maybe grab the domain or the social media handles like TorontoJungle dot com or something yeah. of that nature mm-hmm. and at that moment it makes sense but when you think scalability yeah. i mean then if you want to move into other markets or your business starts to grow there's probably going to need to be an evolution of your name mm-hmm. there so it sounds like you guys have already been thinking about that and we'll get to yeah. uh, maybe your growth plans in a bit but i think it's great that you chose a name that is more universal and that you can hold on to for a long mm-hmm. time for sure because it can grow with you
1: and it and it doesn't uh, it also doesn't um filter us into just real estate because one look, it has just so many, um, options for uh, different types of business. We don't have to be, you know, we can, we can pivot if needed with the same name.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Really good point. So I know that a lot of the listeners are also in service-based industries, so it can be a challenge for us to put together what we offer. Like, do we offer packages Are we charging on an Mm. hourly basis? How do you come up with a price? What's included in that price? And that can in itself be a very daunting Mm -hmm. task to put together in the early days of writing your business plan and getting your website live with your how can you hire us page. So how did you come up with kind of like your signature package or your offer? And then how Mm. did you figure out a fair price on that? So maybe walk us through that journey.
1: Yeah, it was a... It was we, not without a lot of difficulty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of research that you have to do. So we were looking at other companies, not maybe just locally, but um, in the States or in at West um, that offer similar things. And we kind of took a look at their the quality of their work and then tried to figure out what their pricing was. And we kind of just based it off of, um, off of a bit of that, but also a little bit of the value of our time. Um and it wasn't, it's not easy and it's still not easy. We, we luckily with being a, a service business and kind of booked online, we can kind of change our pricing as, as we need. We, we try not to, of course, but usually it's in the, the lower, like it's not, we're not increasing. Um, but yeah, it's a challenge because you always get questioned by different people like, Oh, well, I don't know. I hired this guy and he was this much. So why like, why, what makes you worth the extra mm-hmm. amount? So then you have to think about, okay, well, why are we worth the extra amount? And if we're not, then should we be looking at why we're not a lower price? And that's just a constant battle. Mm-hmm. You're, you're always looking at it and it's, it's frustrating mm-hmm. to, to be fair, but um, we kind of just came up with something that we wanted to like, we don't want to do something for under this amount because it's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of built our package. Uh, we have kind of the, the works package and we kind of built that just because with uh, higher end properties, a lot of the time they're just looking for more content and this way we could implement discounts right into a package instead of saying like, oh, well, do you have a discount on this one service? We can say, well, we don't, but we offer discounts mm-hmm. when you package them with other services to kind of make it more mm-hmm. worthwhile. And it, it makes sense. Like if, you, if you're on site doing one thing and you're doing a second thing, you can discount because you're already there. Mm-hmm. The, the tough thing that we
2: found over the past uh, years, is everybody wants a deal. Um, and what was difficult for us, because we were just starting out, yeah. is actually understanding and knowing our worth. So what is our hourly worth? How mo- not to mention what are our underlying costs, how much do we need to make in a week? But um, and knowing what we're worth and standing by that. Because um, the world of business is, is not exactly friendly, <laughs> and, and nor should it be. Um, but everybody is pushing for a deal, but there is a line where it's like, well, if I'm give, if I give you any less, I'm losing my hat here. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, we, we've learned a lot of lessons this year. Let's say that. And, uh, um, yeah, yeah knowing our worth has been, um, a good driver in finding what to charge. So. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think sometimes you just in the early phases, you just have to set a price on it, yeah. get your first few clients yeah. under your belt, and then you'll really figure out like, Hey, how many hours did I work on that's this right, project? Right. Whoa, I was paid four dollars an hour, yeah. for example, and yeah. that's your clear indication that you know what? Maybe I didn't charge as much as I should have, yeah. and it's time to evolve it. So sure.
1: we do we do try to track that, um, how, how long it takes for the editing and how long we're on site for, um, and then we try to think we try to use that information, but we also have to take it with a grain of salt because as we're just starting, there are things, there are processes. That will be more efficient. So we have to keep that in mind when we're pricing, because yeah, it made it. Maybe we made four dollars an hour, but that's because we are in this learning curve yet. And so once we're out of that learning curve, what's market value? And that's kind of what I always try to go back to is. What is the market willing to bear? What will they pay for it? Because you can't be higher than that, because you you won't last. Like you you'll be you'll be out of business pretty quick.
0: Yeah. And that's actually a really good point. Like in the early phases, if you know that you're operating maybe at a slower capacity because you're still learning and yeah. your your process isn't exactly like extremely refined. It's okay then to not be paid maybe as much as you'd like to be knowing that you're gonna work on getting quicker and then eventually be very very efficient in that timeline but yeah I think that's a constant struggle and then knowing when to raise your prices and hey as solopreneurs or um, new business owners we don't have benefits for the most part there are lots of expenses that we need to factor into our pricing and so I think when people start to question you and challenge you on your prices it's because perhaps they don't realize all the costs that go into running a business.
2: Usually, it? I think that's a big part of it is one, they don't understand the cost of it, but they also don't understand the process of how we actually create video, how we create uh, um, edited photography. Um, and uh, it's kind of a weird thing because you want to explain it to them, but then they, they they you kind of are speaking a different language to them, so they don't understand it. Um, but uh, yeah, we kind of a big part of it is educating our, our clients and saying this is actually what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, a we're not just hitting the record button hitting it again off and then we're sending you a video. There's a lot that goes on in between. so mm-hmm. um, and the more we educate our clients about that, I think the more um, uh, not maybe respects not the right word but more value they place on our services because they see what it actually entails to create it.
1: And the thing is too, it's, um some people look well okay well, you're only here for two hours so that means you're making a hundred dollars an hour just as an example well I mean minimum wage 15 and you're making 100 but that hundred dollars an hour well for one there's probably two of us on site so now that's cut in half and then again when you're getting paid a salary you you don't have the business costs of rent of uh, other overheads so when you break that all down, yeah, you're, we're probably not making more than a, a normal salary uh, like person would. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, again, that education part and, yeah. and hoping like, you know, well, you have to understand that. And then it also comes down to saying um, no to some things. Some clients, um, we have to just say, well, we have to stick by our pricing and we understand if that's not within your budget, um, but we can't, we can't lower ourselves
0: more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's okay for sure to, you know, negotiate yeah. and make sure that you bring on clients that you want to work with and work within their budget, but at a certain point you do have to hold true yeah. to the price that you set and the value that you know you're worth. And I love that you Ryan mentioned the word value a few times because I do think there's a very big difference between the price you set and the value you provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you could charge really anything for your service if you can convince your ideal client that it's going to be valuable right. to yes. them. And maybe yeah. it is valued at $50,000 one day because it helps them to, you know, yeah. achieve their goals. Yeah. And,
2: and the clients who do see the value in our work, they see value in us, which makes our lives a lot nicer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we so,
1: we kind of have been building our business on relationships. Um, we want to work with people that we want to work with, who want to work with us, and we just foster that relationship um, you know, we meet for coffee that's unrelated for, to business and we just chat about stuff. And that's the kind of business that we want to build. And um, it's nice to kind of choose, be a bit choosy in that.
0: Um, yeah, it's a great problem to have when you get to choose your yeah, clients. and yeah. yeah, make sure you're working with people who you know you can help because yeah. you get along and you have a great relationship. And part of that value
1: is, is showing, is saying like, well, with our services um, and what we kind of want to start tracking a bit is... With our services, if you can sell your house, your listing a bit faster, what does that mean for you in terms of dollars? Um, and if if you can have you know two less open houses than you normally do because our three D tour creates a twenty four hour open house, what does that what does that time savings mean for you, but also to your clients who have to clean their house ten times, to for every listing or like walkthrough that ha- that happens? So. If you add up the value of that, it's probably way more than the cost of our our service.
0: I love that. I think there's probably so much value in you being able to put that into words Mm -hmm. and and communicate to your client. Like, this is what I'm saving you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard in marketing, they often talk about customer pain points. And it's like, that is a pain point. Them always Mm -hmm. having to clean up their home, make it perfect, and get out of the house. Nobody likes doing that when they're selling their home. So if you can kind of drill that in and say, look at what we're saving you, I think that's, again, where the value really comes in. Okay, so do you remember, how did you get your very first client under One Look Productions? I think that's a daunting process for a lot of of service-based businesses. Was it like a family friend that decided to support you? Was it a referral? Or are people finding you blindly online?
2: So our first client actually was a, a client of mine... That I had previous when I worked with a different company, um, and I had done some some real estate work with them before, um, and they were our first client when we started up again, and uh, that was really nice because it, it was there was already familiarity there, and um, it, we we learned a, a lot even from that first uh, job we've done and.
1: Um, yeah, you know, when we look back at what we were doing when we first started, it's we've evolved quite a bit in a year, and it's it's great to see, yeah.
0: From that first client, how have you gotten the second, the third, the fourth, the yeah. fifth? Like, what is the way that people are finding out about you? So,
1: we just... we I've really been focusing on social media. Um, it's a very inexpensive way of growing your audience. And I've just been, you know, pushing content out there. Quality content. That's key. Yeah, not just any content. <laughs> not just any content. But... Relevant and quality. And, and just kind of building that up. And, and I've been going to... Um, or sorry, we both have been going to networking events um, through like Quinovation and Belleville. And just, you got to get out there and meet people. So we'd also book um, a couple of meetings, a presentation, sorry, with brokerages so that we could, and you know what, we bombed a couple, like bombed. (laughs) It was they were nightmares. (laughs) But we we learned from that experience. We got better. We learned that we need to uh, understand our pitch a bit more refine it Um, again tell them about that value that's what you kind of need to kick off with and um, and then other than that I think we did get a few clients through Ryan's previous job just him being out and about and in people's homes and talking to people that you know he'd run into a realtor for example Mm -hmm. I think we have a couple of clients like long-term clients that we've met um, through that Mm -hmm. so it's just being present Mm -hmm.
0: well I really like what you're saying Daryl because you know, social media is such a huge and very affordable way for us to market businesses these days. And there's no doubt about the fact that it's a powerful tool for connecting and Mm -hmm. gaining clients and allowing people to understand you. But I like that you mentioned too, that you're also getting out to networking events because I think that one of the worst things that we can assume is that we can hide behind our phones and computers forever because there's no greater way to build trust that no like trust factor then meeting people face to face and for some people who are struggling in business right now or thinking oh my social media isn't reaching people nobody's commenting I'm like well have you been to like a community event are you hosting workshops have you been out there pitching yourself because that in itself is it's vital to your business and I don't think we can ignore the fact that um, as big as digital media and digital marketing is, we should still be on the ground, running mm-hmm. around our I cities, be, yeah. networking, meeting people, and growing our community of people who are within kilometers of yeah. us. No- nothing will
1: ever replace that. I,
0: right. I, I, and I people assume that. that Facebook ads have replaced that, but I just right. don't think that's the case. Well, well Facebook
1: ads are, are connecting with people that you're already kind of connected to as well. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're you're just building on that relationship but the best part of it is the is the Mm face-to-face interaction
2: well and that's it when we do connect with someone over social media and we we get at least one or two connections at least a week or not just connections but new clients a week through social media um, the next step is when we do actually meet them in person whether it's a meeting to talk about our services, or whether it's they hire us right away and we, we meet with them on site for the first time, that meeting is is um, I'd argue even more crucial than the first contact because that's what they're really you get your first impression, but your second impression is really um, the one that lasts because they want to see how how you are um, on um, how do you are to work with how you are personally.
1: and yeah, who you are
2: as a person. That's right, and that's and that's where uh, when I was talking about. Um, um, establishing that trust and that's when that really starts to sprout into a, a longer-term relationship and and that's what we aim to to do because you know a long-term client is cheaper to have and more uh, is beneficial than new clients all the time so
0: it's mm, very true like seeing your client as hey we could have them for a lifetime yeah. so let's really get to know them well, and build yeah. a relationship
1: but like what we say uh, or what we like to say is that we're partners in real estate marketing so we we view it as a partnership. Like we want to help your brand grow. We want to help you get new clients. Um, so we want to partner with you. We just we don't want to just be a service provider that shows up when you book us and then leaves and then we never have any contact in between. That that's not um, that's not exactly a valuable relationship. Sure, there's there's money being transacted, but you want we want to build something with our
0: clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love kind of, this will go into my next segue that you've mentioned the word partnership with your clients. Obviously, the two of you are in a business partnership. So mm-hmm. do you feel like in this partnership, running One Look Productions, you have complementary skills or do you feel like you're both really good at similar things? Mm-hmm. How is this partnership going?
2: So actually, we get people comment on this all the time that we are really great together. We yeah, are dynamic. Because um, yeah. I think we... There's, there is a lot of overlap in our tasks and our strengths, but we they're complementary on, on the things that we, we're opposite of. So even just task focus, I'm primarily on the production end, and Daryl's primarily on the business and customer service end, um, but there is a lot of crossover, which is super beneficial. Like Daryl designed our logo, he came up with the name, he does most of our graphic design actually, um, but he's so good with the business side of things, and, and I can... Really get into the production stuff so but then there's a lot of crossover even with our yeah. uh, in, uh, interpersonal skills of relating with clients so um, yeah we I mean we get along really great um, and uh, on a personal level obviously Daryl is actually one of my uh, groomsmen at my wedding um, so we, yeah it's been great yeah it, it works <laughs>
0: that's awesome yeah and I think that there's no wrong answer there for people thinking about starting a business they're wondering should I do this alone should I get with uh, a partnership and I think so long as you meet someone who has that same Mm -hmm. vision as you and you can work through some challenges and roadblocks it sometimes can be the best thing ever
1: exactly and there's definitely huge benefits to being in in a partnership and there's a saying I can't think of it but about um, working alone versus working with others and how much further you can get when you partner with someone Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot that if you're alone it's it's lonely and it's hard um, and you have to do everything yourself, and it's hard to do that. But when you have a partner, especially one that you can trust and get along with well, I, th- I think that's the the key to moving your brand and your business into the into the next level.
0: Yeah, it's and, funny. I know that phrase. It's like if you want to go fast, yes, go alone. That's but right. If you want to yeah. go far. Far yeah. go together. That's right. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. I was it, like, yeah. what are the words yeah. there? But yeah, it's true. Well, it's, it's
2: a lot like a marriage, really the partnership, right? We have a shared bank account. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it, um, just, there is that we have to trust one another. We have to communicate really well. So a lot of these, uh, the things I'm learning in my business relationship are also helping my marriage too. But, um, uh, Life but lessons. it is, yeah, but it is, it is a lot like a, a marriage, a business partnership because the, you, you have to be on the same page. And if we're not on the same page, well, then chaos can break loose. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we are very intentional with our discussions, mm-hmm. um, scheduling our time, and, uh, and even just seeing where the other person's at to make sure we are uh, running at optimal efficiency. So mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah, I think so long as you have some clear systems for how do we mm-hmm. navigate challenges, mm-hmm. then um, that's always going to be the best thing you can do is just know how you'll uh, move through those when they arise. Yeah. Because, of course, there's always going to be hard times in business. And so speaking of that, I'm wondering, have you had to overcome any major roadblocks thus far in launch, launching OneLook? I know you mentioned you've had some personal challenge or maybe you want to touch on that or professional challenges, uh, but has anything almost kind of derailed you or just been extremely tough to get through as new business owners?
1: Well, short of uh, a couple bombed presentations, I, I can't really think of huge roadblocks that we've experienced so There's far. always been struggle. Yeah, of course there's struggle. And
2: we always, we believe there is no growth without struggle um, or challenges true? or I don't know if that's the right word, but um, there's definitely been a lot of that. I don't think there's been any major roadblocks that we have been kind of um, dis- disparaged about.
1: Yeah, like we, we were able to secure some financing through future, Futurepreneur Program. That was How's really that? beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a challenge is that there's never enough. Money. Right? <laughs> yeah. you know, we yes. we want to grow, and we want to we want to hire in uh, the Corth Lakes market, and uh, that requires um, financing. That re- that requires buying, you know, a duplicate of all the equipment we own, mm-hmm. and it requires being able to support a salary. So th- that's a challenge for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah it's funny a lot of the past podcast guests that we've had on over the last year and a half have also been aligned with futurepreneurs yeah. so it yeah. sounds it's like a, great a lot of people yeah. have had great experiences with them yeah. so is that similar to you guys you had a, a good experience oh, yeah working it was with uh,
1: it, I mean we get aligned with a mentor which has been great we can kind of rely on him to uh, like when we have questions um, that he's had experience with we can ask those the application process was generally Smooth for us. I mean, we we had to do a business plan in their format um, and we had to, you know, go through the whole application and review process, but it was very smooth. Um,
0: Mm -hmm. It's a great program. Awesome. So let's shift gears and talk a little bit about daily operations and what a day in the life looks like right now. So maybe, Ryan, you want to start? What does a day in the life look like for you at this point? How long are you working? What days are you working? (laughs) And what your days consist of as someone who's not only working in the business but also yeah. working on the business right
2: uh, so every day seems to be different <laughs> um, the hours are long we try and we try and keep our, our, um, our hours between Monday and Friday to have some time where we can spend with our families um, we're trying to prioritize that uh, work-life um, balance of course uh, so Monday mornings we, we come to the office, we, we have our week in review meeting at uh, first thing. So we go over our schedule, make sure we're on the same page with everything, um, uh, update any, um, emails that we need to check in on. And then from there it's, uh, whether it's shoots or we're out driving all over the place or I'm in the office editing. Uh, so it's a lot of running around right now. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, every day is a little different because we're always in a different location for shoots, um. Often we're, we're at a lot of networking uh, uh, meetings, sometimes they're breakfast, sometimes their dinners, so um, our schedule's kind of all over uh, like that. Uh, give credit to my wife for putting up with all that, <laughs> yeah. uh, she's been wonderful, um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's exciting, it's very exciting, it's, like, it's an adventure every day.
0: I feel like there needs to be, like, a spousal support group for spouses of entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs, I'm the same way. I'm, like, out the house at 6 a.m. some days. I don't come home till midnight. And Dave's like, what are you doing? I'm like... I have to be doing yeah. all of this. Yeah, that's I'm not thing.
2: out partying. I promise Not at you. all. <laughs> there's a little bit of drinking, but it's not partying. I promise. <laughs> it's just networking drinks. I swear. <laughs> that's the thing when you're an entrepreneur. We'll cut that part
1: out. When you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> you have to do it yourself. Like you have to be out there grinding, and uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, shame that goes with that. But there's also a lot of like a lot of people have this idea of entrepreneurship in their head that it's so easy and that they can just grind and they can do it. And uh, I don't love that because it's not true. Um, Entrepreneurship is hard, it's not easy. A lot of people think it's easy. Um, There's a lot of these online entrepreneurs who are posting pictures on yachts and private planes and it's all fake almost all the time. Like they, they rented the plane for the day for 200 bucks and they got a photo shoot there and it makes it look like they're wildly successful in a year or six months or something because They've got this secret and all these different things and uh, it creates this culture of entrepreneurship being easy and uh, we're finding and we know that entrepreneurship isn't easy. And I've, I've kind of always known that, again, with our backgrounds of growing up in entrepreneurship-type um, families, we know that it's not always easy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I, I see the same kind of thing too, of like people glamorizing it. Yes, and, that's the word I
1: was looking for. <laughs> yeah, and
0: and again, like posting the pictures on the yacht, and I'm like, first of all, too bad that you're working on your cell phone on a yacht. Like, I, if, I hope that when I have a yacht, I don't have my phone anywhere near me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it, it, it's also important to have these conversations and to share them because. It's not easy. Like, there are many days when I want to quit and go back to a 9 to 5. There are many days I feel so lonely. I mean, I'm a solopreneur. I don't Mm -hmm. have a team with me. I have someone that helps me virtually, but I think one of the biggest battles I've come up against is just feeling lonely and Mm -hmm. watching my friends like go grab drinks with their colleagues after or go to a fitness class for lunch. And here I am sitting at home alone all day, like just, you know, craving connection and conversation and I don't necessarily have that. So again, that's Mm -hmm. in itself a challenge of being a business owner that I'm constantly working through and problem solving for. Okay. Is there a business tool or an object that you feel like helps you do your job better?
1: So that's kind of been one of our challenges. Actually, Uh, we invested in a a CRM at the beginning, which, Which in hindsight, was a mistake. I won't mention it because we don't have it anymore. Okay. Yeah. Fair Um, enough. But it was just it was a it was a costly mistake that we should have waited a bit longer to understand exactly what we needed. but I have used it previously and I thought, oh, it'll, it'll, it'll work. But so not every system works for every business. But what we have done now, we've kind of, I've done like a lot of research to kind of make up for it kind of thing <laughs> on, on what we do need. And so right now we do, we have just launched uh, an online booking, uh, an online scheduler so that people can book our services and then we can keep track of everything. And that's, that's a, a business tool that's really important for us is like, where are we at? with certain customers, and with us it's a lot of transactional and turnaround, so we, don't, we didn't really need that long term um, type CRM where we were tracking every interaction until the sale because it's kind of a uh, listing and sale. So it, it was kind of adapting what we needed um, to work best for us. And so now we have this, and I think it's going to be a great tool for us.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that'll probably take a lot of the burden off of you, um, even just like emailing back and forth to coordinate. Yeah, well, what time works for you? you. Well,
1: what time works for you? And then it's like, well, now we can say, well, you can look at our schedule Mm -hmm. online, and you can book the time that works for you and that works for your client.
2: And that's also tied to our listing intake form. So, all the information of a listing, which is crucial. Yeah. We learned this very early on get all the information up front, over communicate if necessary um because the last thing you want to go is is shoot something that the client's not happy with but the the listing intake form is great because we get the address we get um, if it's a lockbox that we need to get into if there's areas of the house we need to avoid it just saves us a lot of uh, of hair pulling
1: at the end of the day mostly it's it's just about um, meeting expectations Mm -hmm. and and we want to make sure the content that we're producing is what they were looking for and without them telling us what they were looking for to start Mm -hmm. i mean it's what are the chances that you're going to meet those expectations? So with the listing intake form, um, we're able to make sure that we focus on those key points.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find even in my own business, as soon as I implemented an online booking system that was attached to a questionnaire form, yes. it has freed up so much time. And yeah. if someone needs to go reschedule they can do that on their own. And if I'm hopping on a call with them, I can review their intake without having to be thinking, Oh my gosh, I forgot to learn about their business before. So yes, for anyone listening, who's kind of at that point of being back and forth with emails and coordinating calendars, look into an online booking system because there's so many that are affordable and even free nowadays. Um, So I'd love to know from both of you, what has been the most rewarding part of this journey so far? I there's think well, I know there
2: there is lo- the thing uh, we're we're silent because there's there's a there's lot so of things. to think about. <laughs> um, I, I think ultimately at the end of the day we feel satisfied and and, and happy with how our lives are. Um, uh, we're not. We we're in control of our lives. I think that's ultimately what it is. We're in control of our destiny. Um, ultimately, we have nobody else to blame but ourselves if we fail. Um, and and uh, it's not even about that blame but then we, we have the power then to pivot and change and whereas before, uh, I mean both Daryl and I have been in jobs that we were not happy with, uh, that we've stared at the clock at and wanted to get out of there or had no control over our schedule. Um, like I was on call um, doing installs before this and um, there was no control over my schedule especially with starting a family. So I think ultimately we're, we're gaining control of our lives and I think that's the most rewarding thing that we can get from this experience. Anything yeah, I mean
1: that. That's pretty much the same for me. I was, I was, I've been in jobs where I've just been so uninspired that it, it's draining emotionally. Like I'd rather work inspired for fifteen hours a day than uninspired for eight and just like watch the clock slowly move mm-hmm. by. And I think that's been one thing that we've said. It's been we'll, we'll get into the office and snap a finger and it's five o'clock already, and, yeah. and it's just it's crazy how. Fast the day goes when you enjoy what you're doing um, and that's just that's such a rewarding part and uh, you know we just want to, again take control of our, our
0: lives mm-hmm. yeah I think that's so awesome I feel the same way of just working inspired for long long hours just feels so much better to mm-hmm. me than a short day but yeah. I also want to honor the fact that there are also people who they really like the fact that they have structure right, they have sure. eight hours yeah. They have yes. benefits, and sometimes I get caught thinking, "Oh my yeah. gosh, everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. It's great, but it's not for everybody." Yep. And you know what? Some people are totally content yeah. with an eight-hour workday, a nine-hour workday, knowing their expectations and having, you know, that biweekly mm-hmm. paycheck that comes through. And so,
2: we even find that that's even a false sense of security because you don't know if you're getting laid off. When I moved to the county, I've been laid, I got laid off from three separate positions. Over the course of I think three years and it is just so now I I was living in um, layoff anxiety every job I would have every time my boss would call me I'd be am I getting laid off what's like I don't know right and um, at least the saving grace of being an entrepreneur at least is uh, well you're you're the only one who can fire
1: yourself so (laughs) well at least it's different kind of anxiety now but at least the uh, layoff anxiety is gone well with that we find or I find anyways um when when you started a, a company They're, they're very like, um, you need to live and breathe this company. They have all these expectations of your time being so focused on, on their company and their growth. And all of a sudden something shifts, maybe the market shifts and it, it's like so easy for them to just say, see you later. And it's like, well, you were just asking all of these things from me and Mm -hmm. you put, you put so much energy into a company. And then it's so easy for them to turn around and say, uh, thanks, but see you later. And yeah, it was. it's a living in a state of anxiety, I guess, mm-hmm. of that happening.
0: Yeah, you're going to get it either way. And that's my story too, is I was laid off from two of my dream jobs. that yeah. I worked my ass off because exactly. I really believed in yeah. the brands. And I, I did love my job, yeah. but it came to that second job that I, I got laid off. Really, I was blindsided by yeah. it. And that propelled me into entrepreneurship. So I am forever grateful that I was laid off. And I think it gave me the kick in the pants that I needed to go pursue my own passion. But I wasn't safe there either. Like just the same way that some days I wake up and I go, I don't know what my income is going to be next month. And it could be really high. It could be really low. But I had anxiety at the last job I was at working corporate because, again, I didn't know when was it going to be restructured and Mm -hmm. when was I going to be left to go search for a new role. So... Yes, I think there is certainly challenges with both as we've discussed over the last hour. Uh, so as we kind of tie up loose ends here and wrap things up, I know you mentioned some plans for growth and potentially launching um, you know, in a new market. So what is the vision for the future? Like in five years, would you like to have more team members? Would you like to have mm-hmm. multiple offices? Have you talked about this? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, so immediate, like kind of more of an immediate, plan is to open an office in the Cortha Lakes region that's where i'm from um, i know the area well i have um you know loose connections um in the area so it's kind of a, a market that we want to go after and longer term i think just growing into different markets um but in the kind of the, probably in the same geographic regions but just taking our products and and kind of looking at all the verticals that we can go under and there's a lot we can there's there's so many applications for what we do um so maybe focusing a little more on that but we found that uh, being in rural markets has been a huge benefit for us Um, we could have opened this company in toronto and tried to compete with the various existing companies and service providers and you know we'd we'd end up competing on price Um, we didn't have a portfolio so how do you get new business in the rural area, we've been kind of trusted to, um, we've develop ourselves um, without a huge amount of competition. Um, so that we could perfect our craft which I think we've done over the last year
0: mm-hmm. yeah it seems like a great spot to have kicked off your business and Prince
1: Edward County is beautiful so it's amazing like, how can you not like living here so mm-hmm. that helps for sure every
0: time I come here I'm very inspired like yes. should we move here we're <laughs> yeah. living in Toronto right now and I just feel this breath of fresh air yeah. when I come yeah as yeah. uh, soon
2: as you come over that bridge it's just uh. oh it's such <laughs> a good feeling
0: and I wonder do I only feel that because when I'm here it feels like a little vacation right. or do people feel like that every day when they live here you know i
1: think people do i i I do there's such a culture here um, for for that it's it's just great um i don't think it is a um i know what you mean it's sometimes you're on vacation it's like but long term this wouldn't this feeling wouldn't last but i don't know i think here it's possible Mm. winter maybe is a bit of a struggle but yeah for everyone (laughs) in ontario where we are exactly a a bit of
0: a grind so this is the final question that i ask all of our visionary life guests and maybe each of you could answer it separately. So for someone who's listening to this podcast, who's just really wanting to start a business or at least a passion project or a side hustle, but they just have no idea where to start, what advice would you offer them based on your own experience?
1: I would. My advice is just just start. I mean, there's so many little steps that you need to take. Just take one. It's going to lead into the next step. It's going to lead into the next step. One um, of like. Probably a, a good piece of advice would, would be to start going to these network events for businesses even though you don't have a business yet. You can meet people who've just started a business, you can get ideas from them, they can give you feedback on your idea, and, and you instantly have a connection all, all of a sudden that you can maintain, you can, you can keep up with, and then you're getting feedback on your idea before you've started it, so then you can, you can make sure you're taking the right steps.
0: I love that I think it's such a great point that even if you don't have a business you can still go to these yes, events totally. no one's gonna like shut the door and say you're not an entrepreneur yeah. and we know it so yeah. great point uh, how about yourself
2: um I would say that um, I had it all in my head here it's ready to go um, <laughs> there is positive in every failure um, there's something to learn from every failure like I said before there's no growth without struggle um, and that can be really disheartening sometimes, a lot of the time, because you're gonna face more rejection than you are acceptance as, as an entrepreneur. Um, and I think that's just a, a principle of life as well. Um, but get used to that. Um, but you're gonna see less of it as you as you refine your craft because that's ultimately what we're doing is we are, we're refining our craft over ultimately a lifetime. Um, our skills were getting better and better in every area. So use your failures um, as learning opportunities find the find the the silver lining as it were in those situations and, and allow yourself to grow be humble um, and I think second to that is is um, be honest um, I think our clients I think uh, respect us for the fact that we have um, a sense of, it, of um, integrity and, and I think that's ultimately what's going to um, allow a, a starting entrepreneur to thrive is just being honest don't Um, you know, there's the saying, fake it till you make it. Well, that's true to a degree, right? Um, but be always truthful, I think with your clients and, um, that gains you a lot of respect in, in, as far as your reputation goes, as well as your individual relationships.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That point about failure, I think that's such a a good thing to reiterate because failure is simply data that you need to change and evolve something and you're going to fail so many times. Mm -hmm. and. It still hurts me sometimes when I do have these failures, but you're right. It gets easier and it gets less. Just expect it every single day when you first launch a business. (laughs) The first first cut is the deepest, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, this has been so great. Finally, where can people find out about One Look Productions? How can they work with you, plug yourself, and any way people can access you?
1: So um, first off, our website, it has all of our content on it, so examples of our work. Uh, so it's www.getonelook.com and on Instagram and Facebook, it's at getonelooktoday or yep, yeah. at getonelooktoday.
0: <laughs> awesome. And that will all be linked in the show notes. So if people want to find you, they can uh, go check out the website. So thanks for yeah. being on the show today. Thanks, thanks for having us. having us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Visionary Life. Did you learn something new or are you inspired to take action on a new project? If so, please get in touch with me on Instagram, at Kelsey Riedel, or in our secret Facebook community. Just search Visionary Life by Kelsey Riedel on Facebook. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It helps us share the stories of visionary entrepreneurs with more and more people. If you're interested in working with me, just head to kelseyridle.com. And if you've been thinking about joining my 90-day business coaching program, please reach out and book a free 15-minute call, and I'd love to chat with you.